Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Chris Bircher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. This is episode 142. Science is not the truth. If I think about my background in science and saying that statement out loud, it seems pretty controversial. It seems like sort of inviting trouble. And and then and it's fine. Uh, I, I don't really care, but I, I have to get this off my chest. I am admittedly a little irritated uh, by this subject, and I just want to get this out there. And really, if if you go back and if you've watched any of my episodes before from the past, the very first one, facts and truth and knowledge, and, uh, was really getting at this same thing. And I recorded that, incidentally, in late 2019, so it's been almost four years uh, and this topic is still on the tip of my tongue, um, and it's real. And, and also, I'm getting ready to give one of those career talks to high schoolers uh, next week, and I'm sort of in that headspace of, you know, what would I tell young people to do with respect to a career? What did I do with my career? What, where did all that go? And you know, if I have any credibility, whatever that means, and that's a whole nother thing. Right, what Paul Godola calls the authority problem. Like, what authority do I have to talk about this? Well, it turns out I have a PhD and a master's degree and a bachelor's degree. I was a successful, hard scientist. I've been there, done that, I get it. And so, even though I don't really believe in credibility, you know, some people just know stuff because they study it. Uh, so you don't have to have letters after your name, you don't have to have 40 years of experience to know things, right? And what, it, what does it mean to know things? What is knowledge? All that stuff is built up in here. But I just so happen to have credibility uh, when it comes to this. Now, maybe saying that science is not the truth removes all the credibility because, you know, I've gotten, in, I've gotten into these arguments before where other scientists who are so attached to their identity as a scientist do not like it when people challenge that identity, right? We, by saying that science isn't the truth, that sort of challenges the scientists and may, puts them on the defense. Okay, got all that out of the way. Why am I saying this? I only say this because I think most people don't know what science is. I've said this more than once on this show. Uh, and I think that gets us into trouble. It means that we don't really understand what scientists do. And it turns out when we don't know things, when we are ignorant or unknowledgeable, we're kind of afraid. And when we are afraid and think people are smarter than us, we sort of defer to their credibility and their authority. And we just sort of say, well, you know, maybe they're right. Or I don't care. I can't get into this conversation because I don't have any of the training and the credibility that you do. So I'm just going to defer to your authority on this and assume what you say is right. We do this all the time. And sometimes it's well-founded. Like, you know, the, the, the opposing example is always to the credibility thing is, uh, my appendix is going to burst. Let's go get a plumber. Or let's go get some Jane Schmo off the street to cut me open and take it out. No, you want someone with that skill set. You want someone with that credibility, right, to, to, to actually do that. Okay, there are times when that matters, you know. There are lots of times when it doesn't matter. When, you know, you are having a problem, you're having a heart attack in the street, I'll trust anybody that walks by to be able to use their phone and call 911. They don't need any authority or credibility to do that, to try to make the right decision, to try to make something happen. Um, so... 
It is not a universal statement to think that you need some sort of credibility in order to have an opinion about something. But that's because it's an opinion. What's happening today in social media, we all know this, this division, this fighting is everybody thinks they're an expert on anything. The armchair expert, right? Dex Shepard's podcast. We all do this. We all think because I have a lawnmower that I am the ultimate authority on lawnmowers and have some right to tell everybody what kind of lawnmower is the best. And, and you know, that's just absurd. Now, what I do have as a mower of lawns for 45 years, maybe a little less, is my experience. My experience, my, even my wisdom, my knowledge, my opinions, my thoughts, my ideas, none of that stuff is truth. None of that stuff is truth. And that's what I'm getting at here. The truth, in the words of Chris Carter in the famous uh, 80s and 90s TV show called The X-Files, is out there. We are humans. There's no reason we should have any access to the truth. We have an experience in reality, but our interpretation of that experience might not actually be the truth, right? And so that's my only point is the truth is absolute. The truth is a thing. What it means is the truth defines reality with 100% accuracy. One, who cares? Two, what makes us think we have the capacity to do that? Does a squirrel know the truth? Does a squirrel care to know the truth? The squirrel knows where the nuts are and it knows it's hungry. It eats them and it goes through its day. Does it have to profess to its fellow squirrels how much amazing knowledge and science stuff it knows or has? Does it have to profess some credibility and authority to the other squirrels? Isn't the fact that it's alive enough? You know, isn't the fact that we can get close to understanding our reality or that we can form an understanding of our reality, regardless of how accurate that idea matches reality, the truth, who cares how accurate it is? And this is what science does. Science professes as a discipline, and most of, if not, well, certainly not all of, many of the practitioners of science, many of the ingesters of science, both exhibit this behavior and enable it this idea that scientists some or science somehow is a tool that we use to understand the truth. Maybe that's true, but it isn't a tool to know the truth. Science does not lead us to the truth. It may lead us toward the truth. And this is a, it might not seem like it matters, right? But this is a critical distinction, and I hope that I can use this time to illustrate why. It's a, I say this all the time, and here's an example of this, what I'm getting at. All models are wrong. Science is a model of understanding. It's a mechanism we use to a- ask and answer questions in a standardized way so that it can be repeated and shared throughout the world as a common language for getting toward the truth. That's great. That's a under, I love that definition of science. It's helping us understand the world better. It's not solving the problem of knowing the world in totality. All models are wrong, and some are useful. Science is a useful tool. 
at helping us better understand reality and how things work in that reality. There's nothing about it that even attempts to suggest that it reveals some ultimate understanding, some ultimate truth, the way the world is, the way the universe is. Why? And, and so here's, and here's sort of the why, Bob, why, why that matters. Because believing that's possible is arrogant. Think about it this way. Truth is God. Would anyone profess to be able to speak to, understand, know, be God? No. By design, this is something outside of us. The truth is outside of our capacity to know. Think about it. We have sight, smell, taste, hearing, touch, maybe a little more than that in the you know context of like extrasensory perception or intuition or gut feeling or something. Maybe there's more. We might have the capacity to interpret our environment in other ways, but those are the big ones that we know about. So that means we have a limited capacity or ability to observe and interact with the world around us. And so our ability to know, understand, interpret, think about, define, explore that world is limited by those senses. And I say limited because we're pretty sure that our ability to uh, interpret environmental stimuli is not all-inclusive of everything, right? Right? Don't we sort of feel that? You know, if you just think about like the way an insect sees, the way an insect's eye works, it takes in way more light information than just the visible spectrum that we do. It can take, you know, get into the infrared and the ultraviolet and they can sort of receive that. We don't see that. We don't, it doesn't exist as far as we know. Dogs can hear pitches much higher than our ear can interpret. Same with like dolphins and whales underwater. They have this whole thing of underwater they can act. Fish have a tactile lateral line system that allows them to feel really minute pressure changes in the water to the way that, to the extent to which fish can school and think of it in this kind of hive mind. Some birds like starlings are famous for sort of doing the same sort of thing. We can't do that stuff. Right? So why would we then conclude that we have this master set, this master capacity, right, to, to, to receive all the information? You know? And if we can't receive all the information, how can we know it? Right? Okay. We can't know everything. And so I think the truth means reality, the ultimate, the God, the absolute, the way things are. And we can probably get pretty close to that, right? Sometimes in some, some aspects, you know, um, is this a microphone? Well, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's a microphone. We build it to be a microphone. You know, am I seeing a rainbow in the sky? Is it raining? You know, are those truths? Maybe it doesn't matter, right? My point is that we think we are unhealthily arrogant, and I'm not saying scientists are arrogant by nature, but you give someone a whole lot of power, it's a slippery slope to arrogance. Secondarily, you tell the people with power how awesome they are, it becomes a whole lot easier for them to become arrogant. And that ain't good. Because what that, what that means is like the ultimate idea of the ultimate truth or the absolute 
reality or whatever that we're talking about, which the word truth means, which I'm fine with if we say we get close to that. That's fine. But I'm just saying very rarely do we know it. It's also the end, right? It's the end. Einstein says gravity works like this, light bends and blah, 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 around objects or whatever. That's the end of it. Well, gravity is a great example because Isaac Newton said other things about gravity a little bit before Einstein, and we said that's the end of it. Science is never supposed to say it's the end of it. You know, scientists should not let that happen. If we say, oh, Pluto's a planet, that's the end of it, uh, maybe it's not a planet. It's like it's never the end of it, right? It's all a model. It's all an estimation of the truth, right? It's like statistics. That's why I love statistics. Statistics is wonderful. Statistics says there's this population of everything there is that we're interested in. If it's every fish in the world or every cloud in the sky or every molecule in the universe, we can't possibly go out and measure all of them or all teenagers. You can't call them all up. It's just <laughs> impossible. You know, it's, it's mechanically impossible. It would take too much time. You'd never answer the question. So statistics was designed to sort of say, let's take a sample of that population. That's what science does. It takes a, a, a guess at, it makes a good estimate. It takes a, a piece of reality and says, this looks like this. Maybe this represents the whole. I can study the part. And from that, I can make these inferences you know, with some level of probability, another thing I've talked about in recent episodes, humans don't really understand, of whether or not this is like 5% likely to really be kind of accurate or 95%. And that gives us some strength to sort of say, I think we're close to the truth. I think this is probably true. You know, when Ralph Nader said, you know, not having seatbelts and speed limits and cars is causing a lot of deaths. What if we put seatbelts in and restricted our speed limit? Do you think we'd have fewer deaths? Well, we did. We had fewer deaths. Does that mean... Fewer people died? Maybe not, because there were more cars and more people. You know, the truth is, it's probably safer. But that's not absolute. It could have been a whole lot of other things going on. We don't really know, and that's the key with science. You think your hypothesis is accurate, and you think what you think was correct, but really, it was just a really great explanation. It might have described 99% of the variation that you're observing in this one thing, and you can say, this X causes Y. But you don't really know. And you shouldn't fall victim to needing to be right. Real scientists would never care about proof because they're always leaving the door open. Or truth. Proof and truth, right? That's another thing I didn't really mention, but scientists never prove anything. We just compile a whole lot of evidence that makes it really, really, really more certain or really, really, really more doubtful that something that we have used to describe a reality is accurate. That's it. It's never 100% accurate because you want to always leave room for the error term. You always want to leave room for our humanity. We might be wrong. The minute you say, I'm not wrong, you have failed evolution. We have failed the millions of years that animals have been evolving on this planet. We have gone against every notion of reality because if there's one thing that I could get close to saying we know is true, and really, I, I could never get close to saying this is true because I always leave the door open for it not being true, is that time seems to be moving in a one direction. 
And if time is moving in one direction, then that means things are changing. And even if time isn't, take time out of it. Things are changing. I don't think you can argue with that. Maybe they're changing in multiple directions all at once. I don't know. So really, let's just take time out of that whole thing and say, there's one definitive element of reality that I think is pretty damn high probability. And that's just things change. And if you're basically saying, nope, I figured all this out. It's never going to change from here on because this is the truth. You, you, it's like there's no room for that. There's no room for that level of definitive, absolute, proof, truth, God. There's no room. It doesn't exist in this reality because change is one of, if not the, fundamental elements of life and of reality. Now, even having said that and feeling very strongly about that, I don't know, and I'm not trying to be arrogant about it. I'm just saying that's one of the things that I feel very strongly about. And so I feel like, you know, if that is natural law, then everything else will follow from this natural law that things are changing. And so we should never be so arrogant to have a, a confidence of 100%. Because it's dangerous this end, this idea that we have found the end and we can stop thinking about it. I am the definitive authority on this and therefore I hereby declare red looks like this or whatever the dumb thing is you're trying to say that's really, really dangerous because we need to leave the door open for some alternate possibility that we haven't considered providing a more meaningful, a safer, a more cohesive, a better understanding of this thing, just like gravity. You know, some, I, I believe that, you know, I, there are plenty of scientists who are good at this. Not everybody's bad at this. It's just the ones that sort of make it into the media. And when you start to get over uh, these polarized issues like climate change and should we use oil or alternative fossil fuels, alternative sources to fossil fuels, you get these people that are embedded in and attached to the identities within these specific fields that are going to argue. And a very confident arguer who doesn't believe they are wrong often wins. And so I see the reason why some subset of the scientific community and tertiarily related communities, politics and government, I get the motive for needing to be right and sort of doubling down on this whole thing. But we're all complicit in, in this and we should all develop the skill to remember to leave the door open for alternate possibilities. Anyone who says they're right is wrong. Because there is no ultimate right. Just like there is no ultimate truth, there is no ultimate God, there is no ultimate proof, there is no absolute. If there's anything that's true about the world, it's that we don't know what can happen as time moves in whatever direction time is moving in because things are going to change. That's why I love evolution so much because all evolution is, is this. Things change through time. And again, time is a weird one, but so yeah, this idea that we ever solve a problem, we ever prove anything, we ever reach the end of some, of some query. No, we find really great explanations that suit our reality during that period. We find things that work really well to solve certain problems. Um, you know, you know, saying something like, 
a scuba tank is not real because it does enable us to breathe underwater. I mean, I don't even know that's stupid. But, but what I would say is a scuba tank is an excellent tool derived through scientific trial and error and experiments that allows us to breathe fairly safely underwater with a very low mortality rate. What's wrong with that? That's, none of that is necessarily truth. I mean, it's, it maybe it's facts. I don't know where to draw the line. But I do know that there are absolutes in the world. And the best example I can think of is God. The next best example I can think of is truth. The next best example I can think of is proof. For things that we rarely, comma, if ever, witness as the mortal, simple, imperfect humans that we are. We don't have the capacity. I said this in my very first episode. I'm not going to show the graphic again for the podcast listeners. Um, But I see a, a set of three concentric circles. The smallest concentric circle is called the known, things that we know about. We know I can build this contraption, put compressed air into it, set it up with all these valves and regulators, stick it in my mouth, and breathe underwater. Then there's another set beyond that that includes that circle, but that circle of the known is a subset of the next circle, which is called the unknown. So we know some of the stuff in the unknown, but there's some space in the unknown outside the realm of the known that we don't know. But we learn, we certainly know more now than we did 500 years ago, than we did 10,000 years ago. And so the, the sphere of the known creeps in on the unknown. But that unknown boundary is kind of interesting. And though it may grow, it is limited by those very senses. It is limited by our capacity. The thing that makes the unknown sphere a little bit bigger every year, or as time goes by, is technology. You know, when we invented the microscope, We extended the capacity of our eye to see small things. Same thing with the telescope. It's really just making our eye work better. And so that realm of the unknown uh, can get a little bit bigger. Things that now we might be able to see that we haven't seen yet. And as we see new things and give them names, you know, is a bacteria a bacteria? Is that truth? No, a bacteria is this organism that we've learned some stuff about. We haven't proved anything or found any truth about anything. We created a idea model that describes it for our needs. So those things can change dynamically through time. Outside, in that realm of the unknown, has some sort of limit at some ultimate level, which may you know, be defined by billions of years. I don't know. In evolution, all these things we can't know. Again, it's in the next realm. How big the realm of the unknown is, is in that fact, is in the next sphere, which is the unknowable. And this is where the point of contention is. You either buy this into this or you don't. And I hope that I've made this argument effectively in multiple episodes and again in this one. That there is a a realm of truth, God, everything else that exists outside the human experience in this giant bubble of infinite size that I'll call the unknowable that includes things that we simply won't, don't now and will never have the capacity, the machinery the brain to know. And what's wrong with that? And I guess if you wanted to start this episode in a different way, I could come out and say, it isn't truth that humans can know everything. It's that simple. And there, more than that, why I bother to say that is because I honestly think there are people that disagree with me. I'm surely, I mean, of course there are. I'm crazy, right? 
But I think that is important. It is important for us to let go of and quit wasting time measuring our dicks, you know, if you will, over this issue of whether or not humans are the ultimate species. It's arrogant. It's not conducive to real effective change. And it is not going to help us solve the problems that we have in the world today. So the more quickly you can make peace with the idea that there's parts of reality out there that we don't have access to, I, I think it relaxes a whole lot. It, 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 it reduces the machismo. It, 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 it creates an environment where that becomes unimportant and there's no value in the dick measuring stuff, right? And it, it, it helps us slow down. It, it takes energy off of like trying to matter or having this credibility issue. It just creates a whole different environment for conversations, for science. It, it, hel- it gets the bad out of science. And that's a big part of what I'm doing here on Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom is trying to figure out where we went wrong and where we implemented strategies that are no longer effective and or are causing problems. And one of the things that's happening is scientific arrogance. And it's not just the fault of the scientist. It's, the, it's everybody's problem. And this is a way to get rid of that problem. And that's it. <laughs> Science is not the truth. I'm Chris Bircher. This has been episode 142 of Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. Science is not the truth. I can't wait to get back with more next week. I appreciate your time. Take it easy.